Yo, what is going on? And welcome to Can We Talk About This with Murphy Wells. I am, of course, him. And I just want to say how much I appreciate you guys because I asked for reviews. I asked for input. And finally, finally, someone gave me something less than a five. Now, you may be wondering, Murph, why are you happy about this? Because it shows objectivity. Guys, look, I'm 10 episodes in as of today. That's one of my favorite numbers. And with that, I don't want people to just give me fives because they like me as a person or because they you know, want to feel like they're supporting me. If I earn a five out of five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please feel free to leave it. But if there's something that could be better, if there's something that you don't like, if you have constructive feedback, leave a rating that isn't a five. And in the case of Apple Podcasts, tell me why below. Like, even to tell me I suck. Because I thought, and I was right, that with my last podcast that was pretty politically charged, that at least someone would say, hey, there's something not five stars about this. I don't know what they gave me. But you know what? All the same, I appreciate it. I appreciate objectivity. That's why today I'm going to be objective. And we're going to talk about Another current events topic, somewhat, okay, very political topic, not even going to lie. But something I want to preface with is, you know, even though I'm unapologetic and I really, really advertise that quality about myself, I still didn't want to start jumping into political topics too quick. Broke the ice a little bit, got people to know me, where I come from, my thought processes, but I also don't solely want this to be a political current events type show. But touching on those subjects, especially when I have something to put in besides an emotional rant, besides something that makes me look like a demagoguery, latent dick, instead of all that, I want to be able to contribute a talking point to make people think, to make people conversate, to make people communicate, and to keep the show interesting. And with the current events that are unfolding as of yesterday, as I record this right now, it is Thursday, August 25th. By the time you listen to it, it'll probably be Friday the 26th. Yesterday, the Biden administration unleashed a plan to say that they were going to cut between ten dollars to $20,000 off of people's student loan debt, those who had outstanding student loans, to which they estimate is some 40 million Americans today. I am one 40 millionth of those people. And as such, I wanted to get into my position on this. That's why this is called confessions of an English major. It's not just so I can talk to you about grammar and reading and writing and thorough and, you know, all these writers and all these movements and all these eras and deconstructionism. None of that. No, 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 no. I'm going to talk to you about what it means to be a kid who went to college, understanding he would have to pay it back and why I'm not in favor of this. So do you mind if we talk about really not only current events, but my input as someone with outstanding college debt and an unfinished liberal arts degree. You do? Awesome. Let's go. So I want to take us back real quick to 2012. And at this time, I actually wasn't going to Missouri State yet. I was actually going to St. Louis Community College at Merrimack. I had two free years there. My parents said, hey, get your prereqs out of the way there. Save some money at college. Fun fact, I still spent five years at Missouri State. (laughs) That's where the bulk of my debt comes from. But in 2012, there's a certain day that I remember because it was the day I decided I originally wanted to be a sociology major. This was because, well, I'm being honest with everybody, 
I had taken shrooms one day early in the semester, and in my psychedelic hallucination moment of epiphany, whatever you want to call it, you know, if you've done shrooms, you know what I'm talking about, like where you get fixated on one thought and like, this is the answer, man. For some reason, I came to the cosmic consciousness conclusion that since we're all connected and we are all people, I needed to study groups of people. And I I was like, okay, cool. I'm in a sociology class. This makes sense. Sociology is the path for me. I had no fucking clue what I wanted to do with it. And quite honestly, I went to my professor at STLCC. I told her the next day, hey, teach. I took mushrooms last night and I understood now that sociology is the key to the universe. I can do anything with it. She said, you're exactly right. Looking back, that was some of the most irresponsible tutelage that I'd ever received. Why didn't you question me? Why didn't you talk to me about why I thought that? Why didn't you help me with that? I'm not really angry at this person, but in retrospect, come on. So as I was preparing to transfer to Missouri State University uh, the next year, I declared myself as a sociology major. I took two sociology classes and I started to fucking hate sociology. It is amazing the kinds of thoughts that we have, the decisions we make, while we are on psychedelics. But all the same, I decided I needed to change majors. I wasn't sure what I really wanted to do, and I knew I wanted to take as little STEM fields as possible. Guys, guys, look, I look, I work in the fitness industry. I know a decent amount about certain aspects of hard science. I am by no means impassioned enough to study this shit full-time in any regard, like in any regard whatsoever. So that in mind, I finally came to the conclusion, I don't care what my degree is in, I just want the fucking piece of paper, which is the exact wrong mentality. I literally was like, all I want is this fucking piece of paper, all I want is the validation of having a college degree, and that is all that matters to me. And so I decided to settle on English, which is mistake number two, don't settle for fucking anything. I was like, I know how to read, I know how to write, I can basically get the degree without even really being there. And with that in mind, I was like, fuck it. I declared, I switched and I declared myself an English major. And I had another friggin' whole year of school to what I had already completed. And also to the classes I failed and was skipping all the time and barely passing. So I was signing up for more school. The fact of the matter was, I hated school. I thought of every excuse I could not to go. And for like three years at Missouri State, not only did I change my major, not only did I not go to school, but these three years point that I'm talking about, this isn't about the time that I got arrested, but during 2015 and 2016, well, the pretty much biggest event that had happened in my lifetime short of 9-11 was the presidential election that was coming up. And at that time, Bernie Sanders was honestly the guy that I championed. Yes, me, libertarian, just, you know, right of center. I was one of those people who really was feeling the burn back in 2015. And it was because I was honestly young, naive, and impressionable. Now, it's not to say that there aren't things about Bernie Sanders I don't like as a person. Like, there are some things about him I find very likable. But as I've gotten older and as I've grown and as I've learned, I have really been able to poke a lot of holes in his rhetoric. The biggest one back then that appealed to me was that as a kid, as a college kid, as a 22, 23-year-old kid, I thought it was the coolest thing ever that there was a possible presidential candidate 
getting up there saying, hey, if I'm president, everything's going to be a little bit more fair. College is going to be free. We're going to be able to give to those who don't have anything. And all these rich, wealthy, greedy businessmen and company executives, they're all going to start paying their fair share. He always talked about fair share. What does that mean? As a young guy who very much at that point in time thought the government could do no wrong, I was like, that all sounds good to me. I don't like being stolen from from greedy executives, the people who they painted Republicans and conservatives as because that was the whole plight of those talking points. And I was just down for the fact like, oh, cool. You tell me that I'm going to be able to go to college, party my fucking ass off, become a hustler. And then on top of that, I don't have to pay for class. Yeah, this guy should be my fucking president. Now, what he neglects to tell you about the government paying for everything and really, really trying to do what they can to divide the wealth, quote unquote, and equity amongst us is that that's the government taking total control. And if you look at just about any government-controlled state, anywhere where government is requesting more than half your income, everything is subsidized by the government, it's really, really inefficient the way those countries work. And when you think about what that meant for us, it meant that we would have to do away with capitalism. And there was this ongoing prevailing narrative within colleges specifically that capitalism is the greatest evil and that capitalism is responsible for just about every bad thing in contemporary human history, to which that is not true. Capitalism has brought us some of the greatest innovations that the world will ever know in art, science, politics, government. Any kind of innovation you think about that has happened here, we are light years, light years and eons and eras and paradigms ahead of so many other places that have been countries longer than the United States has. And it's because we are inspired by competition. You see something, you think you can make it better, you jump into the market, you give it your best try, and the market is either receptive to it or the market rejects it. And all of these little slogans and all these things sounded so good, it was all I wanted. But quite honestly, just because these things sounded good, they didn't really mean anything as much as the guy that was preaching them. I liked Bernie Sanders as a person. I like him a lot less these days. I will say that. I like him way less these days. But the one thing I still think that is true about his positions then and now is that I do believe he comes from a place of sincerity about wanting to see our country in a better place than it is. That doesn't mean we need to become socialist. It sure as shit does not mean we need to become communist or any more authoritarian than we already are. But it does mean we have to have a conversation about these things in public discourse without ripping each other's heads off. But I revisit my topic from last episode, which was during this election, the DNC rigged the final result of Bernie Sanders versus Hillary, and they basically cheated Bernie. This is when I became totally disillusioned with the idea of far left progressive politics. And when I realized it really is just a big club and not me, not you, not pretty much anyone who's not sitting in Davos these days is a part of it. And they will tell us anything and they will promise us anything they can do as a means of retaining power. So when you wonder why they tell you things like the government wants to spend more money on these programs, why are there people against that? It's because those people 
are under the impression, which I would believe is the correct impression, that when government takes too much power, government doesn't know how to unleash it. And when government has more power than citizens, that is when things like 1984, Animal Farm, Brave New World, A Clockwork Orange comes to life. And when you think about what those books talk about, a super futuristic society where human labor is essentially phased out and the government gets to tell you everything you can and can't do, like in Brave New World. Big Brother is always watching. He's always monitoring you. And they're trying to disseminate the truth and call it misinformation. 1984. A lot of violence breaks out and the government is behind it. And they do it to keep people in continued chaos because in that chaos, no one can build a life that is truly prosperous. No one can compete with one another. Think about those riots we've been having basically every time something is super politicized since 2020. The riots and Clockwork Orange remind me a lot of each other. And so what does this have to do with the Biden administration wanting to pardon a whole bunch of college debt? I will go on record and say this right now. I have lived through a few administrations in 30 years. I've lived through almost all of Bill Clinton, which I don't remember because he was president before I was born and he ceased being president when I was seven. I lived through George Bush. And as a young kid, my biological father, he really said a whole bunch of things that conditioned me to start thinking in leftist ways, not like super progressive, not like the far 10 to 5% of the left that there is now, just like you know, civilly leftist, blue-collar leftist. He he badmouthed George W. Bush my whole life. I lived through Obama, which, in retrospect, was a garbage administration. It was trash. I lived through Trump. Honestly, the most prosperous I had ever seen America. The most divided I had ever seen America. But all the same, we had a lot of money. We had a lot of freedom. There was no one fucking with us. And now we're living through Biden throughout every single one of those administrations. I don't care about Trump's tweets. I don't care about that. I really don't want to hear all these things that people say about Donald Trump because Joe Biden is the absolute worst president I will hopefully ever see in my lifetime. And it goes through a lot of different things. But right now, where we are right now as a country is absolutely 150% unfucking acceptable. What am I talking about specifically? is for the fact that these motherfuckers printed so much money in 2020 after they put our economy into an artificial coma, telling us all we had to stay home, two weeks to slow the curve, two years to slow the curve. Essential businesses can only be open. Mom and pop stores can't be open, but Walmart and Target can be. Amazon's doing just fine. McDonald's is allowed to stay open. All of that after... Really, putting the economy into that stupor and printing a shit ton of money, we are now dealing with the effects of it today with the inflation we see. Not only that, but the dude keeps sending how many billions of dollars to Ukraine. And it turns out, I was reading the Gateway Pundit today, it turns out the Ukrainian government is giving themselves raises. How are you giving yourself raises in a time of war? I don't get that. I also don't get how only 30% of the funds of the billions of dollars that we send them are actually going to the war cause. Oh wait, I do know why. And I'm not gonna get into that reason why right now because it's an entirely different subject. And not only that, but how many different packages of billions and trillions of dollars have these people just been spending left and right? 
So not only are we in a recession right now, which is two back-to-back consecutive quarters of negative growth. That is a recession, not this stupid Orwellian bullshit where they keep taking a phrase and changing it one minute before anyone can go look it up after they take their position. Fuck. It is fucked. But my point is this. The government is blowing out the spending. Prices have never been this high in my life. We are consistently throwing money to other countries like Ukraine when we don't even take care of cities and people here who could really use your help. And someone asked me about that the other day. They go, well, don't you feel bad for those people over there? Of course I feel bad for those people over there. You know who I feel worse for? Poor kids in St. Louis. People who live in South Southside Chicago. People in Baltimore. People in New York City. Some people in Los Angeles. Like, we have things we need to take care of here. We need to be fixing here. And not creating a whole bunch of government spending that only raises inflation. And these fat cats, these bureaucrats, these G-men and women give themselves raises every single time they do it. Do you know when that stimulus money got passed back in 2020 that in some of those bills, these assholes in Congress were writing themselves five-figure bonuses? It's absolutely nutty. It's disgusting. And now all they're doing with this move is they're just trying to appease their base. Those young college kids that are about to graduate or just graduated or can't get out of college debt, who, like me, more than likely decided to go into a liberal arts field like theater, like music, like English, like sociology, like gender studies, and they can't find a job that pays well enough for them to live an affluent lifestyle. They're just appealing to those people. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's people out there with practical degrees that have had trouble with the job market or are not in the best shape They're appealing to them too. They're trying to say, hey, forget about everything that has happened since 2021 when Joe took office. Forget the botched exit from Afghanistan. Forget all the money we're sending everywhere except focusing here. Forget the inflation. Forget the gas prices. Forget all the stupid bullshit with the vaccine mandates. Oh, hey, I saw I had a COVID warning on my podcast on Spotify. Thanks, big brother. You fucks. They're saying, forget all of that. They're saying, be mad about the Roe versus Wade thing and be happy that we want to take your college debt away, ten dollars to $20,000 of it, and vote for us this November and in 2024. To which me, as a guy with an unfinished liberal arts degree who dropped out of college and who is in $36,000 of college debt, I don't fucking support it and I don't want your fucking help. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal going all the way back to 2015. Money that just gets created out of nowhere increases the amount of money that is out there. And if there aren't enough goods to satisfy the money supply, this is why we have inflation. The cost of goods and services must rise to meet the amount of money that is in the economy. Okay? So if we just endlessly spend money and create money out of nowhere, what do you think happens? It's not just, hey, we just got rid of all this debt. Awesome. No, it's that each and every American ends up paying that debt in inflation. 
It means that a bunch of college kids, and I, with this part right here, I did not come up with this originally. This was from me listening to Ben today, and it's an amazing point. It means that a bunch of kids get the idea that I can go to college, I can fuck off and not do anything, walk away with a degree, and the government will pay for it. And it means that colleges where tuition is already high enough that they're going to continue to raise the price of tuition because they know that it is a fucking numbers game. That's all there is to it. And the sad thing about it is, is that I was on Facebook. That was my first mistake today. I was on Facebook and I saw people who I went to college with at Missouri State in my department in English. And this is no smoke at you. But I saw that you, a few of you had posted how excited you were for this. And it's like, no. Why would you be excited for this? Why is this so great? You can't just destroy debt. It has to be paid back, guys. Sure, we get grants from the government, which for some reason doesn't make any more sense why they're going to cut away more college debt if you already got free money from the government. I got a bunch of free money from the government, guys, and I pissed it away. Like, grant money still has to come from somewhere, and I pissed that away. The loans I took out, I pissed all of that away. I still have three classes I need to finish. And I still say, don't touch my fucking loans. I will pay those back. I do not want and do not need your help. If I could go back to 2020 and honestly say, take your little 1400 bucks back. I don't want it. I would. And I understand for some people, guys, $1,400 is a lot of money. I get it. That's, that's like a mortgage around here and home insurance, and some bills. I get it. But the fact of the matter is, is if we just keep letting government endlessly print and spend money, not only is that not going to fix any of our problems, it sticks us all with the problems. With so much inflation, with such high prices, to the point where capitalism becomes almost laughable to exist, that the government has to come in and subsidize everything in our lives and we don't get a say in any of it. That's the point of all this, in my opinion, is that right now they're trying to buy the votes of a lot of their base that are impressionable, angry, pissed off, and are easily influenced by the media, certain folks in it, certain politicians, and certain phrases, talking points, and slogans. And for some people, it's going to work. For some people, the ends justify the means. They just see their personal debt going down and they don't understand that they will still pay it. And they will pay it longer, larger, more belligerently than they would have if they would just would have paid for the loan they took out. This isn't even about politics or political ideology. This is about personal fucking responsibility. Just like how I got caught multiple times, I took the heat. Just like how I got put on probation for five years, I took the heat. And just like I am paying off the debt on my car, the debt on my college, and some other debt that I've racked up since then, I'm taking the heat because it was my decision. And I don't care what Bernie Sanders says. I don't care what Robert Reich says. I don't give a fuck what AOC says. I don't care what any of these people say. I especially don't give a fuck about what Nancy Pelosi says when a year ago she goes, well, the thing that people don't understand is they think the president has the power to just strip away debt. He doesn't. He can prolong it. He can put it off. He can tell you when you can and can't have to pay it as a, as a result of an emergency, but he can't just get rid of debt. And now she's getting up there, her, who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars as a public servant, 
Her husband, who just got a DWI, by the way, five days in jail. Five days in jail is day camp, bro. I spent a week in jail because I missed a court date. And I didn't know when I was getting out. You're a fucking millionaire. But everything Nancy Pelosi says is a sloganeering piece of garbage, in my opinion. These people do not care about you. These people laugh at you. These people who we vote in to represent us are doing all of this nefarious shit day in and day out on your tax dollar. And if you don't get out and vote for a candidate who is in favor of less government, anti-world economic forum, pro-capitalism, then we are going to have some very, 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 very serious problems on the horizon. And if you want to know the extent of how bad these get, these, these scenarios can get, please read those books I talked about. Think about if you don't get the options to do what you want with your hard-earned money. The government tells you what you can and can't do with your dollars. The government is not supposed to be this involved in every single aspect of your life. What if you couldn't own your house? What if private property wasn't a thing? What if you couldn't deny search and seizure because everything's government property? What if you couldn't own a firearm? Huh? What if you felt like government property? As a guy that's a convicted felon, I feel like government property sometimes. And that's because of my decision. That's because of what I decided to do when I was young and stupid. And I got stripped of some really, really serious rights. I can't deny search and seizure of my home, guys. Or my car. Or my property in any way, shape, or form. I can't own a firearm and I can't vote. What if that was you? And what if it was because you didn't do anything wrong? That's what it's like to be government fucking property, to live in government property, to not have a say on what you spend your money. Well, I have a say on what I spend my money on, but what if you didn't is my point. It's not fun. It's not idealistic. We have an amazing opportunity in this country who you can start from nothing you can start from absolutely fucking nothing in this country. You can make a way. You can do it with minimal involvement of the government. As much as you are going to have to pay taxes and as much as you are going to die on government land at some point, you can say fuck you all the way there. You can make so much money that you love paying taxes. I don't like taxes. I really don't. As a guy who tends to think like a libertarian, I think the little like the fewer the taxes, the better. Now I understand there are public works I use. But all the fucking same, guys. The government having more control is not a good thing. And if you want to sit here and talk to me about how you feel like you are a victim or like you have been victimized or like you are one of these people who thinks that more government intervention is a good thing, I'm sorry. I was like you too. I started working for stuff that really mattered to me and I stopped acting like my problems were everyone else's problems. In closing, guys, I know how appealing some of these things are. I know how powerful the slogans can be. Free college and racism and sexism and fascism. But you got to remember, they're just slogans. The, the, the unfortunate thing about far left progressive politics is they always have to have a crowd that's victimized that they say that they're going to liberate whether it's it whether it's a whether it's a group of people of race or a group of people of their sex or a group of people of certain incomes usually blue collar people they always say 
we're going to stop the so-and-sos, the evil Republicans or Donald Trump or white people or whatever. And then the fight never seems to come to a close. We're always fighting it, but we're not making any headway. It's because typically these super far, far progressive policies, these far left progressive policies are meant to keep the average person down. It's meant to keep you average. And while it's appealing to hear your college debt will be mostly wiped away for some people, no. My name is Murphy Wells. I'm fucking him. I'm $36,000 in college debt. Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Chuck Schumer, stay the fuck away from my debt. I'll take care of it. Thank you. Yes. All right, guys. If you've listened this far, please leave a review. Five or less stars, your choice. If I earned five stars, give it five stars. If I didn't earn five stars, don't give me five stars. But legitimately, thank you for listening this far. I understand some of these political episodes can be a little harder to listen to at times. I understand you don't always want to hear me angry and ranting about stuff. But at the end of the day, if I have something I want to add to the topic of conversation, I'm going to do it. Because these days, it is too easy to silence people who have different opinions than the mainstream narrative. I am such a person, and you will not silence me. You'll have to sew my mouth shut or fucking kill me. And with that being said, I'm out.